0: Good morning. We are live on the Falcons podcast. I am your host Scott Kennedy. This is my co-host over here, Nick Kendall. I live in Atlanta. He lives in Seattle. So we're coast to coast with your football coverage. And today we're going to get right into it, Nick. Let's just no hellos, no how you doings. Is Arthur Smith coaching for his job in Arizona this week?
1: Yes, to an extent. Uh, this is a game that you pretty much have to have, and. I don't think that they lose and he's gone in in the immediacy, but you lose this game, the skills have tipped, and you have to go on a pretty spectacular run down the stretch to make up for it. Like one Arizona loss like equates like three wins after the bye. Uh so they need to take care of it here. And uh yeah, he is uh should be feeling the hot seat. Things have been going pretty poorly for him this year. A lot of decisions, and then as you've mentioned many times on here, if you're winning games and making brilliant calls left and right you can kind of have an air of arrogance out there but when things are rough like this and you keep you know puffing your chest out when people are asking questions about things being the well i know more than you kind of air that you get from arthur smith it runs pretty thin pretty quick
0: if you're watching on youtube or you're watching on on facebook either one i put out the the clip yesterday of three minutes of him asking can you explain your play calling in the red zone and your personnel decisions. And he went on three minutes. It sounded like a filibuster. And I, I just titled it in the description. I'm like, is he overthinking this? And I'm like, come on, man, it's not that hard. Get your playmakers the ball. That's why you've got them. You know, I I don't, I don't care. I'm exaggerating. Okay. So I, I do care about matchups, but over the long haul across the broad sample size, I don't care what the matchup is. My guy should be better than yours. That's why I drafted him this high. Whether it's Kyle Pitts, Drake London, I know he was hurt last week. Whether it's Bijan Robinson, I- I've got to get them the ball. I-, I have to. And I would give him more leeway on this. And I've said this about the quarterback situation. I gave Mike Smith more flack. I, I gave him a longer leash because Thomas mm-hmm. Dimitrov was building that team. And when they fired Mike Smith, I said Thomas Dimitrov should be out the freaking door with him. I gave Dan Quinn more slack on it because now Dan Quinn made his own mistakes, I know. But he wasn't the one that was building that team. That was Thomas Dimitrov. Arthur Smith was hired before Terry Fontenot, and they have been co-general managers. They say they do everything in tandem. They do everything together. His hands are all over this team and the personnel decisions that have come in. This isn't like, Um, You know, I've got a run and shoot general manager and I want to run the ball. I'll show you, you know, I'll I'll bench all your guys. No, no, these these are together. You're complicit in the guys that you have chosen, Nick.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they've been building the team in Arthur Smith's vision for a bit while getting the cap uh, relatively right. And it's not working right now. I mean, all these highly drafted assets that you took have been ornamental. Rather than instrumental um, in the function of your offense and something we talked about a lot Scott. I mean, I don't know exactly because we do so many of these shows, uh, but we kept saying that there's there's a lot writing this season on that quarterback position and the unknown there. I mean, in the offseason, we kind of you know, like, how can these people say that the Falcons quarterback room is the 30th out of 32 in the NFL? We just don't know but uh, it makes it pretty darn tough uh, to win football games if they play up to the level that we've seen from Desmond Ritter and uh, Taylor Heineke so far.
0: Right, and, and, and again, if this was someone else who would come in, I'd say, oh, well, let's get him a quarterback. You chose these guys. You chose not to go and try and get Justin Fields, and I know there's going to be people in the comments say, well, Justin Fields is a bust. You know, he wouldn't be any better off right now without it. Well, listen, you, you, a, a pass-catching tight end is a luxury pick. And you can't afford a luxury if you don't have your quarterback situation settled, which was the, the big question when it happened. Matt Ryan is old. That was when he was drafted. He had a good season under Matt Ryan. Okay, well, what are you going to do after Matt Ryan? His contract was unsustainable. Marcus Mariota is your big plan? Okay. And then to Desmond Ritter? Okay. Now we're in year four of Kyle Pitts' contract. We still don't know what the hell you're going to do a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. The other big problem I have, Nick. We're talking about we're in year four. What are the two biggest problems that this team has had for years on offense? The Quarterback's been in question. On defense, the pass rush. Nick, you sent me this post. I'm going I'm to go ahead and share this screen. I'll see if it can come up a little bit. But it was from Warren Sharp. And um, I'll bring it up here. I'll see if I can zoom as much as I can. But what you're looking at here, and I'll describe it for those of you listening after the fact, The average time to record a pressure. So I've said before, well, the the people have come in in the comments and stuff. Well, the Falcons are getting pressures. Are they? Are they really? Because it doesn't feel that way to me. The seat of the pants analytics is saying they're not getting pressures. All pressures are not created equally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. This is how much time it takes for each team to get a pressure. Number one, 2.29 seconds, Cleveland Browns. They're getting pressure on the quarterback in 2.29 seconds. All the way down here at number 31 is the Atlanta Falcons at 2.69. At a full sprint, a tenth of a second is basically a step. So I have four extra steps to make a, a decision if I'm the quarterback. So that means, oh, we're getting pressure. That's because you're getting more time to hold the ball. I am holding the ball until the pressure comes and then I'm releasing it. That's not a pressure. That's not getting pressure on the quarterback. That's the quarterback deciding when he wants to throw the ball. Three years into this thing, the quarterback situation is still a mess, and the pass rush has not gotten any better. Those are two pretty big fundamental things in this game, Nick.
1: Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the Falcons are still you know, somewhat middle of the pack in pressures overall. Uh, in total pressures,
0: but in- here, look at this. What's that yeah. tell me? Again, that, that's just telling me that the quarterback is deciding when he wants to give in to the pressure. Okay, now it's in my face. I've had an extra half a second, which is an eternity, to throw the ball. They've gotten away with it to a certain extent because look at the quarterbacks they've gone against. Five of their games have gone against guys that had nine total starts in this league. Nine. Mm-hmm. Nine. Josh Dobbs cut them to pieces. Josh Dobbs coming off the school bus, hopping in and saying, let's play ball, y'all. Picking guys, picking his sides, and goes in and just tears them apart because they cannot get any pressure on the quarterback. And then when they did, they didn't tackle him. And then if they did, he'd escape out the right side and run for a bunch of yards. There's a lot wrong. But again, the two fundamental problems with this team have been in existence for years. They have not been fixed. And the thing is, Nick, It's easier to get a pass rusher and just say, okay, plug and play. Mm -hmm. Haven't done it in three years. That's not so easy, the quarterback position. And when you're banking your hopes on a third-round pick, when you're hitching your wagon to a third-round guy, if this was Justin Fields right now that was struggling to this extent, we might be willing to give Arthur Smith a pass and say, let's get him a quarterback. This didn't work. At least they tried. But when you are – arrogant about your third round pick and who you bring in and it fails brother you're out the door when it fails
1: yeah I mean they've been they've been in a tough situation with the quarterback spot right like I feel like I'm almost on the opposite end and you know these are picked quarterbacks by this team but they're also not you know legitimate quarterbacks you went the dice roll route well maybe you go in this offseason and you go and get something a little bit more Sure, that has upside uh, in a, make a competitive offer for a Kirk Cousins type, not the Marcus Mariota bucket. That's not the type of known quantity I'm talking about here, but a quality uh, starting quarterback. You'd have to pay heavily to bring in Kirk Cousins, and he's going to be older, and it would be for one year, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, who, who knows uh, what that exactly looks like. I mean, there's a lot of I could see. Heck, if Brock Purdy struggles a lot down the stretch, maybe we talk about him going to the 49ers and linking back up with uh, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a, a tough situation for the Falcons. And it a lot a lot of it starts at quarterback. But also I think a lot of it starts with just understanding where your offense is. I mean, Arthur Smith has data of what this team does well at. And, Scott, just looking at their EPA in terms of uh, – and that's expected points added for the non-stat heads at home. But a night and day difference for their offensive output – in under from an under center offense compared to a shotgun offense they are seventh in the nfl in epa per play under center offense say under center because they're that's when i'm good. running the ball and have the threat of the play action pass but they still even pass the ball okay they're 10th uh, in epa per play under center so the, i'm sure the play action has a lot to do with that uh they're seventh in epa per rush but then you get to shotgun and, and i go empty Oh, yeah. my goodness. When I have questions at
0: quarterback, why not send out five receivers and go empty and give away any threat of the run? My God, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that is unless insane.
1: Unless going empty run... with this team is insane. Unless you're going to use a high rate of quarterback power and quarterback draw, <laughs> then I don't think it makes sense. I'm really not a big fan of empty unless you have a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning-esque quarterback.
0: Yeah, or uh, a 250-pound bulldozer.
1: Yes, or a Jalen Hurts-esque kind of guy, which... Yeah, it's rough, but the the shotgun EPA, Scott, so 119 plays out of shotgun, uh, 105 out of under center. Uh, they also run a lot of pistol, which pistol has not been good too, but the under center, seventh EPA overall. Shotgun, 30th out of 32, folks. Pistol, 21st. Uh, the explosive plays aren't coming out of those either. They're seventh in explosive plays out of under center. So I don't know. Maybe it's just getting back to basics, you know, running your 12 personnel. They're also really poor out of 11 personnel this season. Uh, they're uh, 11 personnel is 23rd in EPA per play where at least in 12 and 21, they're 16th and 17th. Uh, so I don't know, I would As just get I back said, to basics. Get under center. complicating Yeah. This is not a difficult game. And I
0: really, really, you, you, Nick, you've seen me do it. You see me roll my eyes when, when, whenever we start talking about all of this stuff that makes this game sound harder than it is. Keep it simple, stupid. If it's too complicated for a dummy like me to understand, It's going to be too complicated for the guys that you're trying to get that that shuffle in and off a roster every year and line up. Don't try to fool them. Oh, they're expecting the Bijan Robinson. We'll show them. We'll run a jet sweep with John Smith. Mm -hmm. No, just just no. We have big questions at wide receiver. So I know what we'll do. We'll line up five wide with two running backs in the slot and two tight ends in the slot and one gigantic wide receiver and try and get separation no no just no listen we go live every monday and wednesday because we like to say hello and we like to be interactive thank you for letting us go on that rant here for just about 10 minutes now we want to say hello to some folks that have come in nice and early like john harrell he says good morning if we lose to arizona it's time to clean house i agree with nick on this one i don't think arthur blank is one that will pull a trigger in the middle of the season um it happened to Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn should have been fired the year before uh, it, that, that was eight games too late. Uh, and he rectified that mistake. Um, Arthur Smith will, unless there's something horrible goes horribly wrong other than a loss. Um, and I'm talking like off the field stuff. He, he's going to finish this season. Um, you know, there's a gigantic brawl on the sidelines or something just completely embarrassing that you can't account for. Um, he, he'll be here. Uh he'll he'll finish the season. Michael Ranchio, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning, Michael. Appreciate you being here. And he, he likes the Falcons, James. He's he's out in Arizona. Um out in Tucson. He goes 24-10 Falcons Cardinals. We'll get into that one here in just a little bit about the game itself. Um, Corey Ellis says, Good morning, Scott and Nick, and the rest of the Dirty Bird family. Good morning, Corey. And Austin says, I hate watching these games. We 100 percent should have won, but the self-inflicted wounds are just too much, both offensively and defensively. So Nick, I think Arthur Smith and I'm on record. I think he did a great job with the team. The last two seasons uh, this, these teams were should have been three win teams. They won seven. They overachieved. Absolutely. One of the ways he did that. And the Falcons did it was limiting turnovers, limiting penalties in 2022. The Atlanta Falcons were the least penalized team in the NFL. This year, they're the sixth most penalized team in the NFL. Nick last year, they only had uh 21 turnovers all last year. 21 all of last year. Just a little over one a game. This year they already have 16 and frankly it feels like it could have been 25. Twice yeah. as many turnovers. Yeah, I mean 50% more penalties, Nick. This team has regressed when it comes to the de- the, the the big things, the, <laughs> that that you I don't even say hidden, but it's like okay, the offense is looking good, the defense is looking good, that don't matter. If you're being penalized and turning the ball over at this rate,
1: yeah, they just again getting back to basics, executing uh, penalties, turnovers, special teams. Uh, this Falcons team is not rolling over teams uh, to the level that uh, we thought they could uh, this season, and even in games they should be winning, you know, favored in. So hopefully, clean a lot of that up, and I think it should be something where, like, what was it last year where? We'd see games and the offense wasn't really working. And Arthur Smith would eventually hit the F it button. You know, we're just going to pound it down your throat. See football, eat football to the opposing defense. Which uh, he did in the fourth quarter with Tyler Algier. And he was running
0: out there in the fourth quarter. And that's what worked with Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts on the sidelines. With Jonu Smith, Michael Pruitt, Kaderil Hodge, and um, Van Jefferson, along with Tyler Algier. Those were your five, your five skill players out there. If it yeah. works, fine. But I got a little testy about this on Monday. If it works, hey, it worked. That's that's fine. That's great. Why are you then spending top 10 picks on skill guys? Why?
1: Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's a tough situation, no doubt. I mean, losing London, obviously, for this game, hurt a good bit. He might be the best of those top 10 skill guys that you've taken uh, so far, even though the, vo- the passing volume isn't great. And the quarterback play isn't great as well. But, I mean, it does seem like Heineke with some of his uh, arm punts or the turnover-worthy throws would give Drake London a chance to make some down-the-field spectacular throws more than we saw from uh, Ritter. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough situation, without a doubt. They just need to figure out how to get back to basics and really, I mean, really, really get Bijan more involved. We saw him, I mean, you shouldn't have Steve Sarkeesian out here at Texas making you look, you know, like a fool in comparison because of how he was able to utilize not just Bijan Robinson there. I know it's big 12 football. I know. Uh, but he also had a, Oh gosh, the the other running back that we really liked at Texas last season, I mean, there was Roshan Johnson. There was mm-hmm. plenty of touches to go around to, to have both these guys healthy and good. I, why can't you not figure that out with Algier and Bijan Robinson? I mean, f- Cause getting- I'm
0: turning the ball over and it's limiting my touches. Maybe, you know, it's I'm, I'm getting out of, I'm getting, I'm, I'm playing, you know, straw man here, steel man here. Yeah. The uh, every time I want to do something, there's a negative play. Okay, well, who's that on? Who, why Why is that still happening? Um, mm-hmm. Every time it's like we get first and one, I, I'll just pound it right up the middle. Oh, false start. Um, we stop them on the 40 and they punted it and we field the ball on the two. Oops. Um, you know, then you're backed up. Uh, there Again, the negative plays, Nick we're seeing this year that we didn't in the previous two years, mm-hmm. the, 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 the turnovers and the penalties are hampering possibly what he wants to do.
1: Yeah. You got to protect the damn football. Um, and uh, it seems like there's been a lot of regression just overall on the offense. I think the big question is, and I haven't heard anything on this front. We say hello to a lot of people. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. And gals, if you're out there, uh, are you, are you, pulling the hook on Heineke immediately back to Ritter here. Have we heard anything on that? I mean, I've, I haven't heard. Uh, it, it's, it's
0: basically, this is your, your, your chance go out and win. You'll probably keep it. Go out and lose. We'll probably go back to Ritter after the buy.
1: So Heineke will still be the quarterback. Yeah. Heineke's starting
0: this game. Um, and Michael Poole comes and He says his philosophy of having tall receivers hasn't worked. You need separation over height. Arthur makes a lot of bad decisions. Proved that Derek Henry made him look good as an offensive coordinator He's not ready to be a head coach. We need to move on from him. Um, I, I'm I'm very biased towards the big receivers. I really am. Um, but big receivers can get separation too. You know, big and fast is still the best day that, that plays in any system at any time. However, as I'm evolving that opinion, as I'm watching, I've kind of always taken an accurate quarterback for granted. When I'm, when I'm talking about this, it's like, oh, well, he, why do I like big receivers? Because you, they're always open. Well, if you throw it to them, they are. If I throw it up above their head, there are. But if I'm overthrowing or underthrowing, there's no room for adjustment there because there's a body in the way. <laughs> so Matt Ryan was extremely accurate. We can talk. We can say the positives and negatives of Matt Ryan. I know people fall on both sides, but even his biggest detractors, Will say he could knock the dime off a teacup at 20 yards. He's putting a ball where Kyle Pitts is always open with that wingspan. That hasn't happened since. And again, until you get a quarterback that can do those things, your skill players, especially outside, um, what's the word? Superfluous? Superfluous. They're, they're, Surplus to requirements because you don't have what you required and they're they're luxuries. They're luxuries, Nick.
1: The one, and you know, just straw manning back at you here, uh, the one thing I will say is that in theory, you still have those talented players in place. And this is just a one-year sample size where you didn't get it right at quarterback. But who's to say um, you're not committed to these guys by any means. I mean, it feels like it's forever, but a one-year, uh, go of it is hope oh, we didn't get it. We'll wash our hands of this. There's no real cap ramifications. We do have a lost season when we did not take advantage of a defense that is playing pretty good football Vikings, whatever the heck that was aside. Uh, but, uh, you can reset there and you still have those guys in place. And maybe it makes it that much more interesting, uh, f- to bring in a guy, uh, to competitive now, granted what quarterbacks worth their value are hitting the open market. That's another question entirely. Uh, but, uh, I don't think they're they've, they're a complete waste long-term. They look like it right now, but they're still in place to help whoever comes next. Or unless Lance Ritter takes a step forward. Says,
0: if we lose to the Cardinals, Smith needs to be out the door during the upcoming bye week. I don't think that'll happen, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, so Jeff Schultz of the Athletic actually confirmed Smith has more power than Fontenot on, uh, on the Twix machine. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know one way or the other, but Jeff's been in Atlanta for a long, long time. And again, at very least they've been equals, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, at the top, as I said, I'm not willing to give Arthur Smith a pass on any of the personnel and y'all know, I will take it out on a general manager if need be. I, I've been pissed at Thomas Dimitrov since about 2011. So uh, I've got that good old Irish gl- uh, grudge going on. Um, let me see here. John. Uh, Jay says Justin Fields is not a bust. Uh he just plays for the Bears. I don't I don't think he's a bust either. I again, I think that would have been the right pick at the time. Would it have worked out? Who knows. What I know right now is that what I was afraid of with Kyle Pitts is coming true. Um you you can't take advantage of his skill set because the rest of your team isn't settled and now you're going into year 4 of his contract of a 5-year deal. With still again, still no answer at quarterback. That's the thing. It's not like you're going, okay, we're ready to go. We got this thing set up just the way we want to. We're at year four, year five, we're making a run. No, no, no. You're going to year four and you still don't know what the hell you're doing at quarterback. Here's a question for Nick and for all y'all out there. And i I got, I know the answer on this one for, for Falcons fans, but if Arthur Smith is back, is there any chance he would go with a rookie quarterback I mean, he's coaching for his life on that one. He would have to go for a veteran, wouldn't he?
1: Yeah. So if you want to go rookie quarterback, you have to make a change. You're probably right. Uh, Timeline-wise, unless you are in a position where you can go get one of the top guys, which it would take a pretty incredible fall off to, I think, be in range to do that. And that also probably means that Arthur Smith isn't here anyways. So... Yeah, you're probably right. It probably does need to be a veteran or a salvage kind of project here with a former high draft pick uh, bringing him in, such as a Justin Fields. But uh, yeah, it's a that's a good point. I mean, you probably don't have time. Also, I mean, outside of the top two quarterbacks in this class, uh, sound we just had reports yesterday that Shadur Sanders is going to return to Colorado. So there's one first round option out. Uh, but no. Yep. So (laughs) J.J. McCarthy is uh, we're waiting to hear what happens with him. Tune in uh, Saturday morning, folks, if you want a doozy of a I I know they play better college football in the south, but uh, Penn State versus Michigan uh, this Saturday should have a lot of players and finding out what uh, J.J. McCarthy's about versus the best test he's had since. Gosh, I don't know, uh, will be a good one uh, to get an idea of what J.J. McCarthy is out there for Michigan. And uh, the dark horse there is uh, Jaden Daniels, um, who really impressed me, has impressed me this year at LSU. I think he could end up being a first-round pick. He's kind of built like Desmond Ritter, which uh, I don't love the twig quarterbacks, but uh, damn, he is, he plays with so much heart. And he's, uh, I think he has the most yards per attempt of any quarterback in football. Uh, He's down there trying to hunt and create big plays. I mean, he's been awesome at LSU this year, but would a rookie quarterback line up with Arthur Smith and resetting this? Does he have enough job security to go for that? No, I, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He would, he, he does not have the
0: job security to reset for, and, and restart with a rookie quarterback. Um, You know, and at that point, let's say, uh, let me hit Ryan real quick. And I've, I've got a point. I was thinking about this before the, sh- before the show with guys like Grady Jarrett. Ryan Adonis says, this does fall on Arthur Blank and Rich McKay. They literally hired Arthur Smith before hiring Terry Fontenot as GM. Absolutely. Smith is like, seeing some people go back and forth. They forget the timeline. It's like, well, you know, why would you keep Terry Fontenot and not Arthur Smith? You know, Terry usually is the general manager that hires a coach and people just kind of get into that feeling. No, no. Arthur Smith was hired before Terry Fontenot. They both report up. They're on, uh, if I look at an org chart, they're on the same level uh, at worst and they work together on personnel. And for the most part, Who's going to deny that this Falcons roster is in 10 times better shape than it was when they took over. I think they, they handled overall, <laughs> they handled salary cap hell pretty well. They made some tough decisions on Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Deion Jones, the right ones, in my opinion. Um, the draft has been kind of hit and miss. My my friend asked me, he's like, how do you think the drafts have been? I was like, huh? And I kind of went through it and I was like, there's some, some good and some bad in there, but you know, the first round picks. Don't necessarily make sense according to the team philosophy and having no quarterback, but there's some there's some good players in there. You know, T- taquan Graham, Avery Williams, he's been a miss on special teams. Uh Tyler Algier's been really good. Richie Grant's been meh. Uh Jalen Michigan tackle bust Mayfield. Mayfield I've already that, that was a terrible pick. Um Ogundeji was later, so you know, so be it on that one. But it's been for the most part, it's been okay. It's been some hit and miss instead of all miss, which the Falcons are. Kind of used to, but but Nick, you know I I don't. This roster is good enough that they shouldn't have to go for an uh, an all out rebuild, you know, and reset. And if I am someone like Grady Jarrett, and I'm a Falcons fan, and the Falcons make another move at head coach and decide to go in with a rookie quarterback in April, if I'm Grady Jarrett, I want to say, guys, I'm, I'm at the end of my contract here. I'm at the end of my. Life cycle here as an NFL player. I'd I'd like to move on. I'd like to go play someplace where I've got a chance to win. I can't do this again. And frankly, and I want to hear from you, Falcons fans. I would say, God bless, Godspeed. When you're done, come back and we'll hang your jersey in the rafters. I would, I would be, I would back Grady Jarrett 100% if he handled things the right way and did it that way and said, listen. I'm 32 years old. I've got a couple more years left. I cannot go through this again. Godspeed, Grady. God bless. We're with you, and we're gonna put your name in the in the rafters when when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, just don't send it to Kansas City. Uh, I don't need <laughs> I don't need to hate him. Um, that would be very upsetting uh, to have him and Chris Jones on the inside with uh, what Spagnola is doing there with the Chiefs' defense. But yeah, it's uh, I would not blame him one bit. You're in a weird spot, though, Scott. I mean, we kind of went through the quarterbacks already, at least the guys that I view as a top. I did not mention Michael Penix or Bonex there for a reason. Uh, but Here's
0: what, Nick, here's what I'm going to read this to you. Here's what uh, okay. Mel Kuyper Jr. had to say. He said they're projected to pick in the middle around one, but the front office should be aggressive in trying to move up, especially in a deep quarterback class. Now, if I've got a deep class, I wouldn't work that hard to move up. That To me, that contradicts itself a little bit, but let me go on. Shadur Sanders is my third-ranked passer and could be available late in the top 10, but some NFL teams also like Bo Nix, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, and Jaden Daniels as potential first-rounders. So there will be some guys in there as potential first-rounders. And again, those are, those are the names right now for Mel Kuper Jr., and some of those feel like they could be a little bit of a reach, but if you're 15, 16, 17, you got to take a shot, don't you?
1: You have to love the guy, though, too. Um, At the same time, uh, you should not just take a quarterback to take a quarterback uh, because of what that does commitment wise and for the rest of the roster and the timeline wise. So I don't know. It's a tough situation. Like we just said uh, yesterday, it sounded like uh, it wasn't confirmed news, but it sounded like all but guaranteeing that Sanders is going to be back for Colorado next year, so he can come out with his brother, Shiloh, uh, in 2025. Shadur has a chance to play a lot better next season and be number one overall. Uh, so he might not come out. J.J. McCarthy is an interesting one. Jaden Daniels will come out. Michael Panik's come out. Bo Nicks comes out. You're talking about guys who are 23, 24, 25 years old because of the... Uh, I'm
0: sorry, they can the, play for 10 years. We'd take three years of competent quarterback play right now in Atlanta, wouldn't we?
1: That's true, Scott, but there has been data... Done that quarterback sometimes like hit three different growth spurts, and one of them tends to happen about 24 25. So, have you already gotten that in the college level? Or are they going to be stagnant when they come in compared to a 22 year old who you know gets the next bit of snaps and then they take that next level? Have we already seen that next level from those guys? It's a it's a tough thing. Um, everybody's different. I mean, Joe Burrow was drafted 23 24, and he's continued to grow and get better, but uh, it, it'll be. Interesting to follow, uh, without a doubt. It is a deep quarterback class, Scott, but I think it's deep in, like, day two grades kind of guys, not uh, not the top guys. So it will be interesting to see. I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of con- discussion about Bo Nicks and Michael Penix as well, and honestly, out of the older guys, I would take Jaden Daniels from what I've seen this year. Uh, but you might be in a spot where you fall in love with one and you take a shot, but uh, I would not bank on it right now. And older
0: quarterbacks outside of the number one or number two thing is going to start becoming the norm, Nick. You think? I think so. Just because guys are going to stay in longer. If I've got to, why be a day two quarterback if I could stay at a big, a, a, a big power five program and make six, seven million dollars? You're and correct. Be a, and be a, a, a campus god for another year. You're correct to an extent. This is the last year of the.
1: The COVID. super old ones. I just think yes. we're going to see more yeah.
0: four and five-year guys, not the six and seven-year guys like you're yeah. saying.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked. And also one thing about the older quarterbacks too, and you should be excited about this, Scott and listeners, is that a lot of those guys will be eligible for the senior bowl. So you can see them in that even field setting. You know, Bo Nix without the you know, the best wide receiver in the Pac-12 and the best offensive line in the uh, Pac-12. That's a big 12. Uh, those kind of things matter, Rob. Uh, Michael panics without the best wide receiver trio in football, a little bit more of an even playing field with those older guys. So should be fun to evaluate. It's just, it's a tough spot, Scott. I think that I mentioned it earlier. I feel like I was the first person to throw it out there. I didn't see anything else. Anybody else mention it, but I have heard it since then. Uh, But if I was the Falcons, you have a lot of flexibility right now. You got draft picks. Could you make a competitive, aggressive offer for Kirk cousins? And then he gets hurt.
0: Yeah. And then, and then he gets hurt. Um, what, what, what was his injury? I don't remember. It was an Achilles. Oh, at least that's not as bad for a quarterback. as It is for a, a, a different skill position player. That might be other than, you know, even punter. That might be the, if I can pick an Achilles, Hey, someone on your team's blowing an Achilles. I might say, all right, the quarterback is where it's least going to affect him, especially a pocket passer. Chris <laughs> Walker says, and I love this question from Chris is the player of Ritter tied more to him or Coach Smith's play calling, the offensive line, or some combination of the above. Again, I think this is so important because on the arguments you see on on social media, online, chat rooms, discussions, everything, it's always so binary. Oh, Taylor Heineke struggles. See, it wasn't Ritter. Well, that doesn't mean Ritter was the guy. Um, This guy's struggling. Okay, well, maybe everybody's going to struggle. I think, Chris, it is a combination of the above. I think two things can be true at once. I think Arthur Smith is doing a poor job with this offense. And I, right now I'm leaning really hard to the fact that Desmond Ritter is not going to be the guy in the NFL. I think both things can be true at once. And if that's the case, the Falcons are in the market for a quarterback in 2024, and they're probably going to be in the market for a
1: coach at this, at this rate. And this is one reason that, I didn't love pulling Ritter when they did uh, because we're still trying to evaluate. There were some positive things that we saw from Ritter and I felt like the turnovers specifically, the, the fumbles in the pocket. That's something that I think is coachable and correctable personally speaking. And Heineke looks like the same guy Heineke's always been, Uh, you know, kind of a, almost a Ryan Fitzpatrick esque player where he's going to be aggressive and take shots, but there's going to be three to six WTF throws per game. Uh, so it's, I, it's a tough situation and almost feels like it was made out of desperation from Arthur Smith. And those players can smell that, you know, there's, there's sharks, they can smell the blood in the water. So you're making that move to that guy. Unless, I mean, we're not seeing what's happening in practice. Maybe Desmond is really struggling and Heineke's out there lighting it up. I doubt it based on the overall sample size and how good Atlanta's defense has been this year overall, but, uh. I don't know. I, that that move still has me questioning things a bit because what's the confidence like with Ritter now? Can you get that you know in season momentum that you have going there? Uh, is he going to be playing scared uh, in the pocket? You know, like playing not to make a mistake. Which you got to protect the football, but you also still have to be hunting, right? It is a hunting position out there trying to make big plays. So they're in. I think that was a miscalculation on my if I if I had to say, and that could be one that sinks the ship here.
0: Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes coming out of the bye week. I mean, this is yeah. a, this is a must win without a doubt. Are you coaching for your job in Arizona? You might not get fired after Arizona, but the decision could be made after Arizona. And then you're just coaching out. You're just, you're just running out the ground ball mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so I don't think a move was could be made, but I think a decision could definitely be made if it hasn't been already. Um, but I, Chris, I do think it is a combination of of, of several, and this is stacked. You can't see him because it's on two different platforms on YouTube. These were two consecutive comments here, and because Quinn Destroy comes in on YouTube and he says, "Is the lack of an experienced center the reason why the offensive line is not looking how it was last year?" Well, Quinn, it's the same center. Um, Drew Dahlman was the center. He started as a rookie last year and started coming on towards the. For me, it was the Chicago game, which I think was Week Eleven where he flipped a switch and started playing really well. Up until that point, I was of the, okay, you've got to make a move at center. You're going to have to do something at center. This year, Nick, the number one rated center from pro football focus is Drew Dahlman. Number one. That said, it's a little misleading because his run blocking grade is so much better. He's the number one run blocking grade, but he's the number 21 or 22 pass blocking grade well which would you rather have (laughs) i think i'd almost rather have the 90 at pass blocking and the 55 at run blocking because the 55 at pass blocking can wreck a play it can wreck a drive it can wreck a series can wreck the game where you know Getting tackled at the line of scrimmage because I tried to go up in the middle and didn't make it isn't quite as detrimental.
1: Yeah. That said, you can kind of protect the center as well with some pass scheming stuff. But that said, also, defensive coordinators are as good as they've ever been at isolating your weakest player on an offensive line and getting after him if they have the right personnel, obviously. So, yeah, it's a tough situation. Luckily for Arizona, as you know, down as it seems right now you do play the Arizona Cardinals coming up next and Scott, they are, they're a terrible team. I don't know if you saw FPI now has them as the heavy odds on favorite uh, to earn the number one pick. They traded away Josh Dobbs uh, and they're, they're just not good. They're they're
0: probably going to start Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler Murray's got a lot to prove out there now and I don't care that he's just coming back. That doesn't seem to matter against the Atlanta Falcons right now.
1: Well, they, they just did they Josh just release Dobbs. a new <laughs> <laughs> call of duty? Maybe the thing about the Cardinals for me, it's not the offense, it's the defense is freaking terrible. Um, they're the 31st EPA defense, success rate is also 31st. Uh, they're terrible on early downs, they give up, uh, the they just they're bad across the board in uh, their personnel that they utilize. Uh, this should be a team that or a game that uh, the Falcons can really take advantage of. Um, just looking at what they look like, you know versus like 12 and 21, they're bad, Scott. Just they're a really bad defense. Rates. Yeah. You and should do a, a couple
0: big plays to evaluate your quarterback, but just run it at them. Line up mm-hmm. and just run it right freaking at them. And if it doesn't work, keep doing it. That's what they did last year. Called it suffer ball. Mm-hmm. Run it. Run it, run it, run it. But the thing is, is, if you can't contain Josh Dobbs off the backside, how the hell are you going to contain Kyler Murray running the ball?
1: I got to say it. I will believe Kyler Murray playing for sure when I see it. And I will believe him being back when I see it as well. Uh, the game, if you're gone from the game for a bit, sometimes it is pretty hard to get back at it as well, especially with somebody who had to have a film study clause put into their contract. So they put in the work um, in Kyler Murray. I, did. They just release a new call of duty. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but uh, that's one that he's talented, no doubt, but there's questions there. I don't know how, truly ready. Uh, he is going to be Keep in his safe. first game We're going to need
0: him in Atlanta next year.
1: <laughs> it's possible that he's another guy we didn't talk about here uh, for this team. You know, granted, granted, the under center stuff would be tough uh, with him, but uh, that's another option that could be available. Yeah.
0: Again, we'll see. I'm, I'm not convinced that Arthur Smith's going to be back. If he mm-hmm. is going to be back, it's going to have to be with a veteran quarterback because he's coaching week to week at that point. And if you're coaching week to week, you mentioned the phrase earlier the players can smell blood in the water. That's a bad way to be, man um moss good morning hope you're doing well it's good to see you um daniel has a great point daniel mitchell comes in and i I love this because i was thinking the exact same thing and you know frankly i judge commentators by if they say what i'm thinking so we're sharing a brand on this daniel and i love it he says my question is what does it say about the team that we are in a must win game against a one and eight team as a one point favorite by the way Changes need to be made regardless of outcome. This is his team. This is the third year of a three-year plan. I agree. Let's just forget everything we know about the last two and a half years. Let's look at where we are now. This team has lost, what, four of five, four of six, somewhere in there. Uh, no quarterback, no pass rush, and you're barely favored in a must-win game against a 1-7 team who is actively going for the number one overall pick. Where is the state of your program? I'm judging it, biased on that, this decision's already been made. Now, I'm not. I'm not judging it on that. There's still eight games left to turn this thing around. But have you seen anything that makes you think that this thing's going to hit a bounce and go back in the right direction anytime soon? I I don't. Because something's got to change. And nothing's changing. The play play calling, the quarterback play, not good enough. Pass rush, not good enough. Those things aren't going to magically fix themselves. Yeah. Can we play turnover-free football and limit the penalties? Yes, and that would be good enough to put you at seven and two. For God's sakes, Nick,
1: it would. Uh, again, I just keep coming back to. I think it was an early call to move on from Desmond Ritter for this one because it's not like you had somebody in the the background that was you know the O'Will oh, Levis type where it's like we just drafted this guy pretty highly uh, and uh, we don't know what we have here. It's Taylor Heineke. For God's sake, I mean, no disrespect, but like we know who he is and what he is. So I just feels like a team that is panicking and we're going to find out a lot about them this week. I've seen teams, Scott, <laughs> I've covered a lot of bad Broncos teams with inept coaching and whatnot, and you can get a get right game every once in a while and, you know, feed off that for a little bit, especially going into the bye. So Bingo. I, I expect the Falcons to lay the hammer on the Cardinals in this game. Uh, I expect them to, I mean, Arizona is a, a bad team, Scott. They're just so terrible, especially on defense. So I think you're going to be able to go in there and just lean on them with your offensive line. Uh, unless you're out there throwing picks left and right and you know, terrible shank punts and just stuff like untimely penalties. I could go out in there and beat them by 10, uh, and feel pretty comfortable the whole game and then ride that into the buy. And we'll see from there. Uh, that's one thing that makes me concerned about Heineke as well. Cause he's somebody who can throw a pick six pretty, pretty early. And then the entire script of the game changes. Uh, but, uh, we'll see. I, I expect Falcons to definitely out talent, the Cardinals in this one, Win this one, have a little bit of belief, be back there at 500. And then we'll see what the literally a playoff stretch, uh, the last half of the season. Lots of
0: questions on Drake London going into this game and that groin injury. Um, Right now, my guess is today he would be limited in practice. We'll wait for the designation and then questionable going in. And I think he's got a decent chance to play. Um, You shouldn't need Drake London to beat the Cardinals. So if I've got a chance to rest him, I'd rest him this week and get a full one, two, three, almost four weeks off. From the last time he played till the next time he played, at least, you know, three weeks and change plus the time between games. Um, I would uh I would be that way. And, and uh J. Lubin comes in. Uh sorry if I screwed your name up. I apologize. Um, he says the red flag started when Atlanta took a tight end at number four and starting the new regime with a rookie quarterback. I don't know if I've put that in writing or not, but I've definitely said it. It's ironic that the very first decision that this regime made could be the decision that gets them cut again i'd be willing to give this team more leeway arthur smith more leeway if he had taken justin fields and it didn't work out okay well the quarterback didn't work out you're in a position you're gonna you're gonna have to start over and give it again let's see but the arrogance of the naivety of looking at that team in 2021 who had a swiss cheese defense couldn't run the ball the offensive line was god-awful You got a 36-year-old quarterback on a massive contract. You got Calvin Ridley. It was still there at the time. Um, Julio Jones was still there at the time. He was asking to come out, whatnot. But I've got basically nine guys I need to replace on on defense. My offensive line is a shambles. My quarterback is old. And I'm going to make a tight end, the highest drafted tight end. You want to talk about arrogance? Take Kyle Pitts out of the equation. You know, okay, Kyle Pitts is great. He's being underused, blah, blah, blah. Fine, fine. It was naive. It showed a lack of foresight for this team. It told me everything I needed to know about the planning of this team when you're making that pick, Nick. Mm -hmm. Big red flag.
1: Yeah, definitely a big red flag. And just all the guys you missed for taking Kyle Pitts. It's still early though. He's still young and you have a lot of time to hopefully get it right and get the quarterback right. And those pieces, Would the talent is getting any
0: better right now?
1: I if... think so. I think but so I... too. Yeah. <laughs> he is unbelievable with the ball in his hands. Um and he wins in a multitude of ways where Kyle Pitts feels like it's like down the field, slow developing plays right now. I, I think so too. Him. I think Jalen Waddell,
0: I think I think so too. Yeah. Um was Devonte Devontae Smith in that class, was he? No. No, that was, Wait, uh, no, no. who were the other, there was like four tight ends that went all in a row or a quarterback About- or receivers. No, that was the next year. That was Chris Olav. That was the next year. Smith was in that
1: class though. Garrett Wilson. Okay. Um, That was a class that you had uh, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, JC Horn, Micah Parsons. Oh, I
0: know the other players. Uh, I'm
1: just thinking if, okay, I need another weapon, I'm going to go get a receiver yeah. because I can't
0: block, run the ball and my quarterback is ancient. I'm going to yeah. go get a receiver because that's what we really need god i was so mad you know how mad i was i was i was almost as mad the next year when they backed it with drake london it's just there wasn't i don't think there was nearly as many good picks no at number eight as there was at number eight the year before number four the year before there were difference makers man yeah and i'm not saying kyle pitts isn't it's just it didn't fit your team at the time there were rehashing all this i know
1: yeah brad clark says
0: technically the only loss we didn't pick in the beginning of the season was the commanders so we ain't that far off predictions before the season started i pretty sure i would have had them beating the vikings at home uh in order to move to six and three on the season you're two games behind uh, a 10 and seven right now um so you're you're really two games behind where where i think you should be Uh, let me see where where the falcons schedule coming up why can't I find them? Here they are. Because they're way up here in total turnovers. At number five overall with 16. Um, you know, looking at the Cardinals, we had that as a win. Saints at home was a win. At Jets, loss. Buccaneers, that was a win I didn't count on. But I counted that as a win. Three. At Panthers, I probably said loss at the beginning of the season. Split. Colts should be a win. At Bears, possibly. And then a loss there. So five more. Five more wins put you at nine and eight. You're behind. So, again, Brad, you, you might be probably right you might be right on here five puts you at nine and eight nine and eight arthur smith might be safe i, I don't see this team winning five more games not the way they're playing right now I, I they're getting swept by the saints the way they're playing right
1: now we'll see uh, i think the nfc north is a uh, pretty damn poor and i saw a comment there which i appreciate from uh keith say no disrespect nick but i'm tired of hearing Pitts is still young i mean he just is i'm the only point of saying that is that you shouldn't say that he's a complete bust or you give up on him just yet because the talent's still there and tight ends typically take a little bit of time. So I, yeah, if somebody like, let's say you put him on, I don't know, you, you flip him to the chargers right now, like he's going for a thousand yards. I have no doubt that he's going for a thousand yards with Justin Herbert in the the chargers offense. So, uh, or you put him with Dallas or anything like that. So I would not uh, punt on him completely. There's still talent there uh, without a doubt.
0: The problem with that, Nick, and I agree with you, I'm not ready to give up on Kyle Pitts as a prospect. However, we're going into year four of his controllable contract with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm getting real close to giving up on Kyle Pitts with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. He'll be a 24, 25-year-old free agent and could go on to have a magnificent career. But... You weren't ready to use him when he was going to be cost controlled on his rookie contract. And by the time his rookie contract is over, he might say to hell with this. I want out. We've Run his value into the ground. So you used to number four and you can't get that back. He wasted him. Yeah. Didn't like the pick then. I don't like the way things are going now. Tyree Butler. Hey, Scott, who's seen Cordero Patterson? I think he was on the field for nine plays. I think he was on the field for nine plays. Uh, is what I look, Tyree. He's on the MIA list. Yes. Uh, all of the talk at the beginning of the season, Bleacher Report was obsessed. They must have been getting click after click after click every time they wrote Car- Cordero Patterson trade can. I'm like, there's no way Cordero Patterson is getting traded before this season. No way. Should have. Should have. Absolutely should have. John Harrell has a stat that makes us all a little nauseous. Bijan Robinson, through eight games, has three touchdowns and two turnovers. One rushing touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, on that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he needs to get more involved for sure. I mean, the offense needs to run through him. I just don't, I don't get it. Uh, but he's an elite player without the ball in his hands, right, Scott? Um, Joe Cannon coming in. Great morning, <laughs> Scott. best
0: decoy. I need to draft them number four, number eight. Uh,
1: yeah, great morning, Nick and Scott. Does this team look like a 10-win team at this point in the season? They don't look like it. But one thing I did want to circle back on here, Scott, is that – the state of the NFC South is still very much up for grabs, not just immediately, but long term uh, as well. So, like, even though things seem bleak right now, it's not like you're in the AFC West and you have Mahomes and Herbert in your division or hell, any of the teams. What the AFC South is going on right now with Lawrence, Stroud, Richardson, and Levis. I mean, there is meat on the bone and opportunity galore in the NFC South. Now, one hit at quarterback changes that, but Bryce young does not look like a hard hit right now. And that's a team that is miss going to be missing talent, probably going to dip or stay as bad as they are for a few seasons. I just don't see the Avenue for them right now. Uh, Tampa Bay is very much up against it. Salary cap wise. They're old Scott. They have old players. <laughs> you know um, worse
0: than being old, being bad and old.
1: Yeah. There were, I mean, actually being mediocre and old. No, is probably, I mean, they're not, they're not bad. They're five and four. Yeah. Me, but, and they've the, got a rebuild coming. And the Saints, I mean, they just keep kicking that can. But like at some point you think they'd have to be like, okay, we need to in order to be more aggressive and really get a chance at a Super Bowl, we need to get the money right. We need to balance the books. So there's still plenty of opportunity to be had for this Falcons team in the immediacy and the three year perspective as well. Uh, So I, I still would not sell my shares on this falcons team i might sell them on arthur smith uh so to speak but not on this falcons team in their situation they still have a chance uh to make a run here save arthur smith's job but then after the season it should be a spot that should be attractive to a potential head coach or quarterback or anything like that boomtown
0: 89ers comes in first time viewer welcome in appreciate you coming in uh we're getting real close to 4,000. uh total subscribers on the youtube channel Hit that subscribe button do me a favor that would be a huge help to us could you give me a logical explanation as to why they are holding bijan back and not feeding the ball constantly what was the point of drafting him high logical explanation he's a little dinged up after a heavy workload early at at the beginning first couple games i felt like they were obvious and force feeding him the ball uh and Not being creative in it. It was like, okay, it's third and eight. Let's just focus on Bajan and we're good. We'll we'll take care of it. That's the, and then he got dinged up a little bit. That's a a logical explanation. I don't know if that's the right one, you know. But coming in and talking about having the world's greatest decoy is obtuse at best. Mm -hmm. Uh naive. Again, I keep using those words. Arrogant. He's not doing himself any favors out there. Arthur Smith's not. Uh, there are a lot of weapons out there. There are. There's, there's guys get the ball. And we talked about it. You know, hey, you go five wide and I can get Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier in the backfield, John Robinson in the slot, Drake London and Kyle Pitts out there. That's a pretty good set of skill players. However, we have seen zero evidence that Arthur Smith and or his combination of either quarterback knows how to get those guys the freaking ball. Mm-hmm. None. Nick, when I watch this offense, I see zero rhythm. Zero. The only times of passes we ever see are guys that turn around and face There's there's face the ball and catch the ball, contest a contested catch, and get tackled immediately. There is no three-step drop, hit a guy in stride and run. I've seen Kyle Pitts do it maybe once where he's caught the ball on a slant or a quick post or something along the lines where he's catching the ball in stride and stretching out and running. It's a beautiful sight watching him open up and stretch out.
1: Yeah. You don't see it. No, you don't. And like you mentioned, everything just feels discombobulated, a little herky-jerky. There's no real plan going through it. And that's one reason that unless he's injured or dealing with like mono or something, but uh, I don't understand why you wouldn't run it heavy under center through your running backs. It doesn't have to be a high volume pass game and simplify it uh, for the quarterback. Uh, Is that going to lead to a top five, top 10 offense? No, but in complement to what the defense has been playing, that should win you some games in the NFC South. So, I don't know. It just feels really, really rough right now. And I, I don't fully blame Arthur Smith, too, because as we talked about the, the quarterback play, I mean, even in the off seasons, like you he's don't know. He's complicit in choosing the quarterback, so you cannot absolve him for that. That's where I keep coming back to. He you cannot is,
0: absolve him for the lack of quarterback when he's the one choosing the quarterbacks.
1: He is complicit to an extent, but there's always projection in that. As well. And at the end of the day, the players on the fields gotta make plays. Uh so he does have blame for that, but you also have to say, well, this is what you also have. Uh so I think you can look at both and uh kind of get into it. Uh, All right, with clear him. your mind, Nick. Okay. You
0: just said the word production. Projection. Clear your mind. I have a question for you. Okay. What's your projection of the career arc of a third round quarterback? Hopefully they're a backup
1: quality quarterback. Boom. Hopefully.
0: Done. Hopefully they are a backup quality quarterback with a guy you take in the third round. You are complicit in buying the groceries. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that, you do not get a pass for your quarterback play. I, so, and as Paul says, everything looks like an effing struggle with this offense. It does. It looks so hard. I've, I i do not watch basketball nearly as much, but you, you, you watch a team and it's like a semi close game and they're, they get in their half court offense, man, and they work the ball around and end up getting up a contested shot and finally make it at the at the shot clock buzzer and you're like, golly, that felt hard." And then the other team fast breaks down and hits a layup. You're like, "God bless." <laughs> they made that look easy. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like sometimes. So, I'm with you on that one. Um let me see. Uh, there's some folks we didn't get to say hello to uh as much as I normally would have liked. Um, Jordan was in here for sure. Joe Cannon, great morning to you. Uh, it has been awfully busy in the chat, which I love, uh, and haven't been able to say hello to as many as our regulars, which I don't love. Um, <laughs> talking about complicit and quarterback, you go and get one of your old quarterbacks and Marcus Mariota. Why are you getting Marcus Mariota? It was because you thought that was the right fit or because you thought it was the right fit because you had familiarity with Marcus Mariota and the system. Handpicked. There is a great word right there for the problems you've had at quarterback Steven, I love it. Handpicked this guy. So, now here's a question for you. I put this up on YouTube and people are so are on uh, on on Facebook. People are so mad at Arthur Smith that they ended up getting mad at this question. Mina Kimes asked the question. What, you know, what uh, what take has people mad at you like this? He's, she said, "This take: the Atlanta Falcons win the NFC South with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback.
1: True or false? Counterfactual, but I probably say true.
0: <laughs> probably say no. true. Also, I don't yeah. think she's wrong. Again, the most of the comments were of the binary sort. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is, as long as Arthur Smith is there. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with the the latter, but." The Falcons are still four and five, one game behind the Saints and have a good roster and can overcome with this schedule, poor play calling and personnel management if their quarterback play had been more competent. Is Jacoby Brissett a more competent quarterback than what we've seen from Taylor Heineke and uh, Desmond Ritter? Yes.
1: Especially, especially in this style of offense where you want to be pounding the rock and protecting the football. I mean, what we saw him do last year with... uh, Oh my gosh. Stefanski and that Browns team, which built similar similarly from what mm-hmm. they want the quarterback to do was very good and efficient last season. And that's really all we're asking for is efficiency.
0: And, and people ask, you know, why even bring up Jacoby Brissett because he was available again. Mm-hmm. I go back into the discussion of you made a conscious choice. You do not. Arthur Smith does not get a pass on the personnel when he is right there making those decisions. I said it before, if you're, if you're getting in late, I was, when, when Mike Smith got fired, Falcons winning his coach of all time, when Mike Smith got fired, I said, Dimitrov should absolutely go too. this is on him as much as it is on Mike Smith. Dimitrov got more years when Dan Quinn was fired. I'm like, why is Thomas Dimitrov? Well, actually he got when Dan Quinn, he got the ax finally, when Dan Quinn went, this is different. Dan Quinn and Mike Smith did not have the personnel decision-making capabilities that Arthur Smith has with this team. He does not get a pass when you're lacking in the personnel department. And right now, the two places the Falcons are lacking the most, quarterback, pass rush. And it's been like that since they walked in the door, Nick.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's... Uh... Luckily, Scott, we're really piling on right now and it feels doom and gloom, but you are... A week away from being back in 500, and with a bye weekend potentially in the driver's seat in the NFC South, so things can change quickly in the NFL. It is a marathon, not a sprint. This Vikings loss was unacceptable, and if they lose to the Cardinals, you know Arthur Smith probably start, uh, you know, seeing call call your realtor, uh, make see what the prices are for people coming and packing up your house, whatnot. Although I mean, he's got the, that uh, FedEx money, so I'll probably be okay. Uh, but uh, things get really off the rails if they lose to the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, this we're, we're talking about, okay, who can you get in the top 10 if they lose to the Cardinals um, and rest anybody that might be healthy and we'll start looking at contracts and who's tradable in the offseason. Uh, Stephen B says the Falcons should try and find a top QB, not tell themselves they only need a competent or solid QB play. Absolutely. It's just finding a top QB is you either got to get a little lucky or you have to spend a lot of resources one way or the other draft picks or money. And with the money, they're usually not available. That's the problem. It's hard to go out and trade for and or get a free agent of a top quarterback. So who is available? You can't just go get this quarterback plays not. So I have to look how to get better. How do I get better at quarterback? Is there an option to do that? Yes, there will be. Will that be with a top quarterback? There might not be. But that shouldn't stop me from trying to improve. That's, that's this, the point we're trying to make on this, Steven.
1: Yeah, and this is when it gets difficult, too, though, because there isn't really a mid-market for quarterback, right? Uh, you have either the top guys, and when the actual great guys are underpaid, but then you have a bunch of middle-class middle guys, which they are vastly overpaid, uh, and that limits what you can do. I mean, we're, we're going to see what the Saints probably coming up here with, like, Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr on this team would be probably pretty damn good on the Falcons, but you, paying him what he got makes it hard to build anything else. Uh, you have the Daniel Joneses of the world. One good year, we can't see what happens. We better pay him. Uh-oh, now we're in trouble. So it's this, we mentioned it, purgatory, but it's the, do we get lucky with a quarterback? Uh, do we, uh, that be either drafting a guy or... Or signing a Jacoby Brissett, really cheap one year deal. Baker Mayfield too, also actually probably not the uh, the worst method to uh, attack that because he's getting paid nothing and playing middling quarterback, which you're paying nothing for, which is fine. Uh, but going out there and being aggressive and paying big money for a middle of the road quarterback, that's when it's not just this one year issue, Scott. You're t- then it sp- spreads out into three, four years where you're in trouble.
0: All right, here's the thing about that the the trying to go and get that quarterback let's look at the top cap hits and we'll say has this worked or has it not worked of the guys that have changed teams and i'm look i'm sorting in in the most expensive to least expensive the number two highest cap hit in the nfl at quarterback is ryan Tannehill at 36 do you want that or not no no jared goff Is the number three cap hit at thirty one million with the Detroit Lions? Yes or no?
1: Yes, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's always hard to isolate them from the situation because you're also getting like cap relief and massive draft picks back with him at the same time. As
0: strange as that sounds, just the money though, you know, has that worked out? And and he was kind of a throw-in. You you had to get that guy to to make the move, etc. etc. It Um, sounds like they actually did value. I want to go out and get this guy. Russell Wilson, number six at just 22 million right now, but we know how that escalates. Is that a move you would want to make? No, no. Kirk cousins and his massive contract in Minnesota. Was that worth it? Is that how you wanted to spend?
1: Man, that they just have been classic middle of the pack with him there. He hasn't been the issue, but because of his contract, they've had issues being able to field a defense and spend elsewhere. So, the thing is also, but at the end of the contract, typically they start to be like worth it. Like the beginning, it's like, oh, yikes. And then the end, it's like, okay, we're starting to normalize here in on the APY. A- so I would say it's a soft no on that one, Scott, but it's it could go either way. I, I think the money that Kirk Cousins got at the time was
0: out of line with who he was as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's come up since then. He's been good. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think you may have been better off going in other directions. Matthew Stafford was a big money trade. I would say that one worked. He's mm-hmm. number eight at $20 million. And then you get to um, the final one here that I want to mention is, uh, is Deshaun Watson. No, you, you know, no, you know, so the, the big ones that came to mind for me of the, of the guys that you're trying to go out and get that you had to go spend big money on. You go Derek Carr, you go Jimmy Garoppolo, you go Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, you know, all. No, 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 It's tough. It's hard, which goes back to number four. Again, the first decision these guys made can be the ones that doomed them. When you're sitting in number four and there's quarterbacks available, you got to take a shot, man. You have to. It is so hard to get a quarterback. And would you be in any worse shape right now with Justin Fields than you are with Kyle Pitts? Would you? No, you wouldn't.
1: And you'd if you were at worst in the exact same spot, and if you were, you know what, Scott, you'd have had a chance at a quarterback early last season. You'd probably mm-hmm. have a chance at a quarterback early this season, versus this purgatory that we look to be in right now. And probably the best option for this team, Scott, if you're talking, you know, quarterback, they might need to do a little column A, column B uh, in this draft. We talked about drafting a quarterback. It might need to be a similar formula to a few years ago where you drafted Ritter and brought in Mariota. But rather than a Ritter-esque quarterback, you're talking about getting a guy in the first round, not having to immediately play them, so to speak, so you feel comfortable with the vet you have, and then moving forward. That's probably the best long-term thought process on this quarterback position. Does that line up with Arthur Smith and the timeline of his coaching seat? Maybe not, unless you get hot here down the stretch and make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, then we can talk. Um, But uh, that, which is possible guys uh, but um, that's it's a tough spot no doubt it kind of feels like we're talking about I'm getting PTSD flashbacks here Scott to uh, the Broncos when they had drew lock it's like this is obviously not it <laughs> but you don't really have the ability to go get it and right. and it it's, gets really
0: expensive you know you haven't yeah. when you've got a chance at a top four you need to probably take that chance uh, Tyreek says Kirk Cousins would do wonders for this team it's a possibility and frankly if Arthur Smith is back this year they have to go for a veteran quarterback because he's coaching week to week um, the, uh, you know, the, the, Justin Fields talk, just, you know, kind of a final, I, I hear in the comments, he's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. You don't want him. You didn't want him. You wouldn't be f- fine. That's fine. I disagree to a certain extent. I think part of his problem has been the situation around him. How would that be different in Atlanta? The point is a pass catching tight end is not going to do any good until you got the quarterback situation sorted and you didn't and you haven't. Mm-hmm. So Kyle Pitts is a wasted pick at number four. Right now, Dejon Robinson is being wasted as a pick at number eight. Those are coach-killing moves. Those are, those are coach-killing moves right now. On that note, we're going to get out of here. We had a great time in the chat. Lots of folks in here watching. Uh, if this is your first time, do us a favor. When I go back and check the Facebook things, there are a lot of shares on that, and I can't thank you enough so much for doing that. Please hit the, the like and share on Facebook. And if this is your first time watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Nick and I go live on uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Fridays, we talk overall NFL, including a lot of NFL draft prospects and some upcoming games that are going to be kind of fun to pick this week. But we go live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so make sure you're hitting that subscribe button so you get those notifications. want to say thank you to everybody that came into the chat today. Nick, any last words before we uh, we get out of here?
1: Uh, no, fun show today. I know that, again, this is a little bit of a f- – little bit more fire and brimstone than scott and i typically uh do on here but you are again one win away from being right back in this thing and having a chance down the stretch so don't get too high don't get too low uh and we'll see what happens versus the cardinals if you lose to the cardinals you know then we can be like our our pets heads are falling off a level of panic here uh in atlanta but you got time uh still just yet and a easy schedule down the stretch and a Very lackluster division. There is still meat on the bone uh, for this team to do something.
0: And and frankly, that's what hurts. That's what's pissing off Atlanta Falcons as much as anything is the missed opportunity. You're not sitting in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're not in the AFC East with the Flying Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. You're in the NFC South, which is up for frickin' grabs. And eking your way to a win with an 8-9 record and then getting blown out on the playoffs is not good enough. It's not good enough for this team. This team should be playing better. We know it. They know it. Now they got a chance to go do it in Arizona. Yes, I thought I might be calmer. Turns out after stewing on this a little bit, I actually am a little more pissed off about things on Wednesday.
1: And I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen so this. Much. I don't think I've ever seen this comment uh, from Rusty Moore saying, Nick is way too optimistic. Uh, I guess. Thank you, uh, Rusty. But uh, typically, uh, like I said, not too high, not too low. Um, it's a long season and a marathon. And there have been some good things here, but uh, definitely something stinks uh in Atlanta right now and people should be uneasy. Uh so we'll find out what they're made of. I mean honestly there's a lot of distractions right now. We're talking about it. We're not the only ones. Uh there's people coming for Arthur Smith in a softball media in Atlanta. No offense, uh, but they you know they they they're not hard on them. And uh they're coming for him now. I guess that arrogance and uh comes back to bite. But again, can they rally the troops? Can they circle the wagons so to speak? Get back to basics, protect the football, cut down the penalties, you know, just Play smart football and you can win some games. So we'll see. They're
0: A hallmark of an Arthur Smith team is they've always played hard. Now they're making mistakes now, but they've always played hard for Arthur Smith. And I've always appreciated about his teams and the Atlanta Falcons. We'll find out if he still has this team on, on Sunday. We'll find yeah. out. On yeah. that note, we will see y'all back here on Monday. Come join us on Friday, Falcons fans. Come join us on Friday to talk some more Um talk some more football and then we'll be back on Monday to discuss the game. So on that note, man it's it's when we're through Wednesday. We got football tomorrow. That makes it the weekend for me. So y'all have a great rest of your week. Great weekend uh and come see us on Friday. Thanks y'all.